Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome to the Failed Critics Podcast, or a bite-sized, spoiler alert, it special edition of the Failed Critics Podcast. Uh, There's no Steve, he is sunning himself on a beach in Portugal somewhere, and he's left the hosting duties to me and Andrew Brooker. Hello, mate. Hello. You're right. So you've... You make it sound like it's all planned. What actually is, I bitched you into doing it because I was pissed off that no one was going to do a podcast about it. Yeah, we were uh, dropping like flies and I just sent an email and said, let's not bother. And then you, yeah, you sort of... And I basically cried. Yeah, I felt sorry for you in all honesty. <laughs> no, that's not true. I thought, yeah, don't be lazy. Let's do it. And um simplest way of doing it, I think, is a... Uh, just just a short podcast to talk about it. So let's get straight into it then, Brooker. Oh, first things first, I guess. Opinion straight off the bat. Yes or no? Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Best mainstream built for the masses horror film I've seen in quite some time. Yes. Horror film then? Yes, for yes, sure. Because it's been a little bit of a dirty word that's... Uh, been thrown at it of late where people sort of don't want it to be called a horror film, I guess, because they see it as horror as a genre movie. Um, and it has perhaps a little bit more substance or depth than your average sort of New Line Cinema, yeah. Lionsgate horror that's put on at the local Cineplex. Yeah, I think it's possibly a mix, I reckon, of two things. You've got one which is films like, uh, like awful shit like The Bye Bye Man, which is just churned out thrown at the cinema hoping that people go oh it's coming out on a friday the 13th we're going to watch this film because why not and things like saw and hostel which are just balls out torture porn and that's basically what most people see as horror nowadays so this one which is actually quite smart people don't want to go oh i saw a really good horror film they go no it's a a thriller Mm. it's a thriller no it fucking isn't it's a horror film and it's okay to like a horror film that isn't sore or an awfully shit movie. And I'd like some of the awfully shit horror mm-hmm. movies to get churned out and lobbed at the wall. But, you know, this is a genuinely really good film. Yeah, I mean, um, sometimes you, you go and see, like, uh, Annabelle Creation, for example, right? That's the kind of thing that I assume people who are... Uh, trying to knock horror as a genre, saying that it is not like Annabelle creation, therefore it is not a horror film. Whereas... It's not a date night horror Exactly, film. yeah. If it's not a thing that's designed to get a group of 15-year-olds to throw their popcorn over each other in exaggerated uh, scares in the cinema and thrills, then therefore it isn't a horror. But I think that kind of swipes away all of the, the the broadness that the horror genre kind of has and provides for filmmakers. Whereas it is an example of how just varied uh, horror can be because it, it's elements of, I mean, obviously the, the comparison, the strong comparison um, that's being made is to um, Stranger Things. Yeah, Stranger Things and Goonies. Goonies, because the cast are primarily... Uh, young adults, kids. Let's call them. Yeah, kids. Let's call them kids. And it also has uh, a character from uh, an actor. Sorry, from Stranger Things as one of the main um, actors in this. Right. So therefore, it's an easy comparison to to make. Uh, but 
they are totally different. I think just because they deal with kids, they deal with this kind of coming of age story that's affected by a supernatural element. That's, that's like, that's it. That's the only connection between those sort of things and what yeah. it is. It is still a horror film. It's built on being horrific. It's built on um, channeling fear and uh, very much so in the narrative. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's kind of, and you know, we mentioned like Stranger. It's Stranger. I class Stranger Things as horror. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I do. It's not scary. Mm-hmm. A couple of bits are. You know, there are a couple of edgy seat moments in those what six, eight episodes. Mm-hmm. You know, it does feel like a very long horror film, but put into bite-sized episodes, which I think makes it work. And I think that's why you maybe don't look at it as a horror anything. Mm-hmm. A horror TV show. Uh, and again, I think the big problem there is you say horror TV show and people think of awful nonsense like American Horror Story, which is just fucking ghastly. I don't... Uh, yeah, I, I've never got on with American <laughs> Horror Story. We watched the first series of it, which I'm told isn't the best series anyway, because, you know, each series of that is based on something else. But yeah, I just thought that was very much like horror for people who don't normally watch horror. Yeah, and, and I... I I think it kind of falls into that category though, because it really can, it can be a really, it can be, it's an excellent gateway film for people that you want to introduce to other things. Cause it has got a couple of really good scares in it. If you jump easily. Yeah, possibly. You know? Oh, I mean, yeah, definitely. There's lots of, um, there's lots of, scares. I thought, I thought it was quite unsettling as opposed to just, um, outright it's scary. Very, very pedo-y. Very well. That probably comes from <laughs> Pennywise, who yes, inst- it does. Uh, not played by Tim Curry anymore, sadly, no. for obvious reasons. But Bill Skarsgård uh, takes on the uh, the mantle of the killer clown. Yeah. And I thought that the first introduction to uh, Pennywise is in that drain scene, right where oh. he's. And I thought. There was a moment at the start when you when you first see him, I thought, oh, he's hamming this up a little bit. But then there was the bit where he was just kind of, he just stopped suddenly mid-sentence and was just staring blankly, eyes looking yeah. in different directions, just drooling. And I thought, that's, that is nasty. They've got it. This is, they've done there this. Was, there was a beautiful moment, and I think this is what sells it for me more than anything that moment in the drain, because obviously mm-hmm. we've we've been subjected to mm-hmm. the trailer for five, six months, and all of them have got that jump in the drain when he first appears and it makes you jump. Yeah. When you, you know, you knew it was coming, but it still made you jump. I thought, oh, when it happened in the film, I switched off, genuinely. I went, I've seen this a dozen times. I don't need to concentrate on this. <laughs> but yeah. you really haven't. No. It's so good. It he is so creepy and horrible, <laughs> and his his accent is. You want a balloon? So fucking hell. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get the fuck away from me. <laughs> it was. I thought that was really good. I I did. I didn't pick up that his accent was um, uh, Swedish or Scandinavian at all. Uh, to to be fair, I think the only reason I picked up on it is because I have watched his brother in, or one of his many brothers in Vikings. Right. Okay. And it is, it's his own accent. He used Gustav, Gustav mm-hmm. Skarsgård. He plays a, a, a Floki in Vikings. And that's what he sounds like. I was like, oh, when he spoke, yeah. I was like, ah, that's, it's the only thing. It didn't pull me away from the film, but you kind of go, that's his real accent. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. Because to me, it just, just sounded otherworldly. It just sounded creepy. Yeah, it didn't sound like a generic American accent, and therefore it was a bit weird. But his brother does do the creepy thing very well in Vikings as well. To their particular accent, I don't know if it's a regional thing or if it's right. something they're both just really good at putting on, Yeah, but they both pull off the creepy thing really well. Mm. But what I, when I say I, like, I spotted it or I noticed it, it I watched the 1990 version at the weekend. Right. That does not sound like Tim Curry, like at all. Okay. Not one, not one little bit does it sound like Tim Curry. Certainly not to me anyway. I, I, I mean, I've watched a lot of Tim Curry stuff. I don't 
remember him ever sounding like that. Hmm. So it it kind of it didn't like I say it didn't throw me, but just for a second I went, oh, he's using his real accent. Holy shit, it's kind of creepy. Yeah, I like that. There's a there's a big difference, isn't there, between the um, 1990 version and this? Well, there's of lots of many differences between that version and uh, and this version. I'm trying not to call it an, uh, the original version, <laughs> Rika, just to just to spare your. Um, my sanity the sanity yes because as we talked about before we recorded the it's not the original it's the first adaptation I mean it's still the original adaptation it's when you kind of get to that thing where you go when you call this one the remake that's the point which tends yeah. to happen a lot and yeah. you kind of like but it's it's not remade the 1990 film if it had remade the 1990 TV movie we would have had a very different film and a film probably not as good as the one we got mm-hmm because if you say you haven't read the book. I haven't read the book, but I know broadly that it's, you know... The, the, the thing with the book points. is the book plays out pretty much the same way the 1990 film does. So it kind of bounces between timelines. Yes. And that's why it needs to be watched as a two-part thing. Although the, the original, the 1990 version doesn't bounce between them, does it? It has part one, which is in the no, youth. It bounces, no, it bounces between them. Does it? Yeah, oh, right. uh, it starts off with uh, girl is girl disappears uh-huh. and bloke says, oh, it's back, phones his mate and says, do you remember the promise we made? And now they all start. Uh, oh, the, and the guy the kills whole... himself. One of them just slits his wrist, yes. doesn't he, in the bath? Yes, he does. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but it does bounce back and forth. Like every person he phones mm-hmm. to say, don't forget the promise you made. You've got to come back. It then goes back to when they were a kid. And the bit that led up to them all going after Pennywise. Well, it's a good job one of us has done research on this. Yeah. <laughs> so you couldn't do that in a you couldn't do you can't fit that into a two hour film. And we'll get onto the running time for it in a minute because that bugged me. Okay. One. <laughs> but you couldn't fit all of that story into a two hour film. And to do a part one as this clearly is, mm-hmm. and play it like that and then it'd be two years before part two no your part one might do really well but it won't be no one will go and see part two because you've just you fucked with them for two hours do, I don't, do you think so i do i i i think in a similar way and this is just me personally obviously i know that the masses didn't think this but when you sat down and watched the first lord of the rings movie mm-hmm. And it got to the end of the first Lord of the Rings movie and there was zero resolution to anything. It was literally end of part one. Mm-hmm. Come back in a couple of years for part two. I didn't go back for part two. Okay. Because I didn't want to sit through that again. <laughs> do, you, do you see what I mean? I do see what you mean. I don't necessarily think... I mean, this definitely felt like that you don't have to come back. The, you know, the bit no. at the end where they do the sort of slitting of the hands with the stone and the blood shaky handy business. Yeah. It's like, okay, if you just, if you wanting to, you could just say, that, that bit didn't happen. What happened was they beat, beat. Um, yeah, but that's, that's kind of my point. You can get to the end of this one. Yeah. If you really didn't like it or you found it really so unsettling that you don't think you could watch another one or you die tomorrow. Yeah. You've not gotten to the end of this film and gone, well, where the fuck's the rest of it? Yeah. But you could this... happily leave it at the end of part one and go, well, there's, there's my film. I'm happy with that. But the, the, the thing is for me, they've done such a good job with this that I will be coming back for chapter two. And I want oh, to see the continuation of this um, in a more modern I'm, setting. I'm trying desperately to figure a way to see it at the cinema again before it disappears. I don't think it's going to disappear anytime soon, yeah. but we are back to that conversation of it is a horror movie yeah. and horror movies tend to be moved through multiplexes very quickly. Uh-huh. Uh, well, you know, I'm I've... back in university from the 25th of September. So when I'm in near Milton Keynes, if it's still showing, we should meet up. Well, absolutely. I mean, I'm, my only worry at the moment is my my count. I'm five films away from the end of my count. Oh. I need it. I need to do it by Saturday, so I can't take time out to watch a film I've already added to the list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of hoping I can get to the other side of the weekend and 
maybe then find time. But I've got other things on after that. So, mm-hmm. but I really, really, I think it deserves another watch in the cinema. Maybe a slightly emptier cinema because I mm-hmm. went on a Friday night, which for a horror film is kind of against all of my rules because I had to sit there with every Nacho Muncher sure. and Milton Keynes. Uh, so I'd like to go and see it on like a quiet Sunday morning or something so I can sit and enjoy it in peace and quiet. Yeah. Or if you've got any days off, just go in the middle of the day. Yeah, just, exactly. Yeah. But um, I think that that could work quite well. Did you see the tweet? I, can't, I wish I could remember who put the tweet out. In fact, I'm going to just look at my Twitter feed now to find it. Some guy went to see the film. Uh, here we go. It's Chris at HG underscore H-O-H-B-E-S. He said he went to see it. I'm first in the screen and this fucking guy's sitting there. Yes. And there's a picture behind it. him of a guy sitting in a clone costume with a red balloon. Did you see uh, the one that I shared on Facebook? Yes, I did. There was a bastard in a... I think he's, he, I think he's employed by the cinema. Yeah. Because he was there the rest of the day, apparently. <laughs> to just, yeah, be in to clone just, costume with red balloons. But as we kind of, you know, uh, well, you might not remember, but I saw it in the super screen. So you kind of go in, it's a very long, dark corridor to get into the screen. And he came around the corner, I shat a brick. <laughs> but this is I, great marketing for the film, isn't it? All, it really yeah. is. I mean, I, I have to confess, I don't find clones scary. I liked clones when I was a kid. You know, I I don't find clowns scary at all. I I again, I find them quite goofy for the most part. Yeah, uh, I, like I say, when I was a, when I was a little kid, and they, you know, I don't know if it was the same at your school, but when they had clones come into like school party things, you know, I was like, yeah, yeah that's that's quite like this clone. I quite like that. And then it was more the thing coming round the corner at me as I was. But that would make you jump to the cinema. That made me jump. The fact that he was dressed like a scary clown added to it. (laughs) But if he'd have just been walking in behind me, it probably wouldn't have bothered me at all. But, you know, the kind of clowns that scare me are the ones that hang around in films like 31. Yeah, yeah, no, that is is a good (laughs) example. I was about to say, you know, like, there's a kind of an over... Maybe not oversaturation, that's a bit harsh, but there's the, the clown as a killer gets used an awful lot in things. Um, We mentioned... American Horror Story earlier. There's a killer clone in that, which is yep. based on um, John Wayne Gacy. There's uh, Stitches, the Ross Noble film. Oh, I love Stitches. Stitches is a good, a good fun uh, Irish film, I think, isn't it? I think yeah. it is, yeah. It was Clown, the Eli Roth produced one. Yeah. So, I mean, quite... it gets used quite a lot. So it, was, it must have been very tricky for them to do it, knowing that Tim Curry was the definitive scary clone. And yeah. to then come up with a new concept. And I think the, the way they worked it with Bill Skarsgård was just, was brilliant. And the whole film is kind of, it's very episodic, right? Because it's just like a series. It's almost like a series of vignettes. You've got lots of scenes of all of these kids, you know, um, Jaden Lieber, Lieberer, Lieber, the, the guy who plays Bill. Uh, yep. He has his encounter. <laughs> Jeremy Ray Taylor is another one. Uh, Sophia Lillis has her um, first experience with the uh, blood through the bathroom sink scene, which I thought was done yeah. really well. I thought that was it was great. done spectacularly. And then you've got uh, Finn Wolfhard we mentioned earlier as Richie, the guy from um, Stranger Things. Jack yeah. Dylan Grazer, uh, Wyatt Olive. All of these guys, they each have their own individual. Scenes and I've missed out one person in particular. There, do you know who I've missed out in that list? No, I missed out Chosen Jacobs, who plays Mike. Okay, Mike is for to shorthand, he's the black one, yeah, he's the black, he's the black, one. black yeah, right. Um, and I kind of felt like weirdly again, maybe I'm misremembering the original in that. Does he like narrates it, doesn't he? It's his account of what happened. In yes, the, the 1990s version? Yeah, in the original version, he is the guy that stays in Derry when everyone else leaves. Yeah. So it's his story of getting everybody back together. Whereas in this, I kind of felt like Mike was sidelined a lot. I do think that he will come back as the... I don't think he'll be sidelined, but I think he will be the guy that gets everyone back together, same as in yeah. the... 1990 and i know i said i've read the book but it's been a long time i can't remember if it is him 
that stays back in the book. Mm. Uh, but I do think it'll be him that gets that he stays in Derry and, and he'll be the one that contacts everybody yeah. and he'll be uh, he'll be the crazy guy that just hung around for twenty seven years waiting yeah. for Pennywise to yeah. appear. So there was one thing that I know has been missed out from the book in both versions. Um, okay. And I, I was like all the way through feeling slightly uncomfortable, not just because of like Pennywise, but um, Sophia Lillis, she plays Bev, Beverly Marsh. Yes. And all the way through, they're constantly alluding to her promiscuity. Yep. And in the book... Doesn't she shag all of the kids? They're, they're, yeah, there's a bit of an orgy in the... Uh, they kill the big the spider book. thing or send it back down the well. Yeah. And then they have a bit of an orgy. Mm-hmm. She shags them all because it's their mm-hmm. love for one another or something that beats the spider. Right? Yeah. And because all... Stephen King's not a paedophile in the slightest. It was, it, yeah. Well, obviously he isn't. But I mean, like, that was... <laughs> From what I gather, yeah, that might have been a bit libelous, but, yeah. but no, I mean, I think people understand what you mean. Like the book um, was, it is very, very pedo-y. pedo-y and d- detailed in this particular yeah. scene, considering they're all underage. Um, yeah. So all the way through, I'm like, oh, they're not going to do that, are they? They're not going to get to that scene because they keep talking about her being a quote unquote slut, and I'm thinking this is uh, this is not going to happen. Surely this is not going to happen. <laughs> And then I have to admit, I'm glad it didn't. I am so glad it didn't. That would have because I I felt kind of uncomfortable just her jumping about in her fucking underwear. I don't. There's a there's a thing about that on the big screen for me. It just makes me uncomfortable yeah. for kids. Mm-hmm. I don't like it because you kind of feel like you're being forced to stare at. It. Yeah, I mean, it's not. I mean, we were all that age, and we all had. Sort of, that's kind of what we would have liked to do. Um, you know, we were all yeah. fourteen-year-olds at some point, and we all liked looking at naked women, girls, yes, we absolutely. stuff like that, right? So, in terms of the plot, I mean, it's fine. I haven't got a problem with them all gawping at her. Um, what I've got, I'm, and again, I haven't got a problem as as such, but it just made me feel, like you said, just a bit uncomfortable, a bit awkward because she is underage. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like, yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not accusing it of anything or any of the people who've made it. No, of doing no, anything. absolutely not. But I just thought, it, it, there, there, like you say, there is a reason for it being there, and it, the reason for it being there is perfectly legitimate. Mm-hmm. I just didn't like watching it. No, considering no. what I was watching anyway, I know it's a bit of a weird line to draw. <laughs> you know, I'm perfectly I happy watching, where, uh, you know eight-year-old or whatever he is, have his arm chewed off. But um, yep. the actual... I, I, I had this conversation at work today. I think we were talking about uh, films like A Dog's Purpose. Huh. I sat and went, I do whatever you like to people, to kids, whatever the fuck. I don't care. I'll sit and watch all of them be bludgeoned to death by a maniac. It's all good fun. Don't kill a dog. <laughs> yeah, that's you, the lie. You've lost to me once you do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I understand I have some very weird lines. No, I mean, I think that's fair. The lines I kind of have, I think animal cruelty in general is always a bit of a turn-off because I think it's a bit cheap. Uh, similarly, yeah. I always think sexual violence against women is just a bit cheap. I just think you, if you want a shortcut to making someone a bastard, you just have them beat up a woman. Beat or rape a woman. Yeah. And then I'd always think, well, oh, it's just I've, lazy. I've always found I don't like it. Uh, I found the best films... The, the films that deal with that the best generally aren't horror films. Mm. Have you ever seen The Brave One? No. Core. Mate, you got to watch The Brave One. It's so good. Right. It's so... Because it's Jodie Foster gets yeah. beaten and raped mm-hmm. and then fucks up everybody that does it. <laughs> yeah. It was fucking Well, that's brilliant. different. I think rape revenge stories are slightly yeah. different because the whole point is that it's about the revenge, not the act. Yeah. But the... Yeah, I mean, just in terms of like... Um, in terms of horror films and horror narrative. Yeah, it's, where it's just like it's someone has to be and, a bad guy. How do we make them go from kind of evil yeah. to super evil quickly? Uh, they just uh, rape someone. Well, you know, be a bit more imaginative or creative or yeah, have a bit more nuance about it. But anyway, I'm going off topic slightly because that didn't happen in this. But um, No. Except it kind of, I guess with the dad was in... Uh, it was implied, but we didn't see anything. Yeah, 
you know, you didn't say anything, but it's, but it's implied in the. But that's part book. of the story of the yeah from the original. So yeah, whatever. Maybe I'm just completely talking out of my ass uh, at this point. Um, so uh, what else uh struck you about this version then, Booker? Uh, I don't know. It, I have to admit, it, it, the thing that's really got me actually is the fact that I can't stop thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean that genuinely. I know a lot of people say, oh, it really affected me. and oh, I can't stop. But I genuinely can't stop thinking about it. Like I said earlier, I'm really trying to figure a way to go and watch it again. I'm, I, I want to talk about it all the time. I want to... Yeah, I, I want to read the book again. I want to look up everything. I like. I spent hours today while I was watching things install at work. I was just reading up on how the film had done, mm-hmm. just because I wanted to know more. It, it's really stuck with me. Well, there was something interesting you mentioned earlier about the um, uh, the fact that it's what is nearly it's almost the highest grossing R rated movie. Yeah, so the highest grossing R rated movie uh, as. I suppose a lot of people would know is Deadpool mm-hmm. from last year. And that, and that made $132 million opening weekend. This made, uh, this is estimated at the moment, but Warner Brothers estimations are that it's made 123 million, which makes it the second highest grossing R rated film in history, which is amazing for a horror. Engine. And this yeah. is the thing for a horror, for horror films don't make money. No, or they make money, but they don't make insane amounts of money, you know. And this film had a budget of, I think, thirty-five million. Mm. So it's it's made that back in a heartbeat, you know. I, I, for a horror film to do that, okay, I, I know it's had a massive marketing campaign, and we've pretty much had it shoved down our throats for the last six months that this film is coming. Yeah, but it's still, it's. it's it's blown every more well, most people that have gone sin. No, I won't say all, because there has been an interesting argument on Facebook again with a guy who reviewed it really poorly, <laughs> who has very quickly been shot down by pretty much everybody <laughs> that went to see it. Uh, but mo- yeah, most people have adored this film, and we're not talking just came out and gone, yeah, it was all right. They've come out and gone, that might be the best thing I've ever seen. You know. I don't think it's quite that good. No, that's, that's quite an exaggeration, but, I would say. But do you know what I mean? It, yeah. Like I said earlier, it's the best, for me, it's the best mainstream horror film that I've seen in ages. And mm-hmm. when I say mainstream, I mean has appeared at the cinema for more than one 11 o'clock at night show on a Thursday. Because that tends to be when I get to see the horror films I want to see. Because they just don't make it to the cinema. So for this to get such a wide release, and it is... That was the other one, wasn't it? It's the biggest or the widest release, because you had yeah. to explain to me, because I was horrendously confused. <laughs> yeah, widest release just means it's been shown in the wide, the most number of cinemas. Um, yeah. So it's been shown... I, I haven't got the number to hand, but it's like 4,600 cinemas, uh, or yeah, theatres, they would call it. 4,100 theatres, which makes well, it the widest go. released uh, R-rated film in history. The d- number two, do you want to have a guess? Oh, widest R-rated movie. Must be uh, Hateful Eight. Logan. Oh, Logan. Oh, yeah. Logan, uh, 4,071. And on opening weekend, made 88 million. Oh, well. So literally hasn't scratched it at all. Nope. Uh my my favourite comparison, I'll be very quick with this, but this did make me smile a little bit. Uh, it is the fourth biggest gap between first and second place on opening weekend. Hmm. So what, what I mean by that is, number one is Star Wars The Force Awakens with 247 million on opening weekend compared to Alvin and the Chipmunks, which opened on the same weekend to 14 million. Hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So the difference there, 233 million. This is the fourth biggest. This done 123 million <laughs> against a film I'd never heard of. Apparently it has Reese Witherspoon in it called Home Again. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which done 9 million. So it's just I mean, bossed it then. Yeah, it's, it's annihilated it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, the people that put out this Home, Home Again must have looked at it and gone, oh, fuck. We, we thought we were safe putting this out against a horror film. No. No. Nope. No, you weren't. 
but yeah, that was, that was one of my favourite little comparisons I saw today in my readings. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I mean, I, I'm saying it's interesting because I find it interesting. But I, you know, horror in general, and when it does have this box office uh, success that's kind of unprecedented, uh, you could think of things like more recently, well, you know, within the past decade, you would say uh, Paranormal Activity was one of those yep. that was made for nothing and just. Uh, dominated box office charts you could go a bit earlier perhaps and say um Blair Witch Project was similar in how yeah. that was um you know and, and around that time as well Scream of course just came out of nowhere yeah. and just dominated you could go even further back and think of something like The Exorcist which was known as being a I think it still is one of the highest grossing films of all time adjusted for um yeah inflation. uh Lifetime gross of The Exorcist is two hundred and thirty-two million. Well, there you go. So, holy shit! Sorry, I just I found a new list. <laughs> <laughs> it it is the fifth highest so far. Remembering it's only opening weekend, it is the fifth highest grossing uh, R-rated horror film in history. Well, behind The Exorcist, Get Out, The Blair Witch Project, and the original Conjuring. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. So, oh, well, Get Out, of course, was uh, was just a fantastic film as well. And another one, actually, that got stigmatised by people going, oh, it's not really a horror film. It's a psychological thriller. It's a, you know, yeah. social commentary. It's um, it's like, no, no, it's a fucking horror film. Yeah. Just get over yourself. <laughs> you like yeah. a horror film. Too bad for you. Welcome to yeah, the club. It, it's, it, it's so bizarre. I, I can't remember who it was I was... I've, I've spent so much time recently talking to horror people and horror mm. fans. I, I can't remember who it was that said, like, literally, horror fans won't ever just go, well, I'm only going to watch horror. Fuck you. Mm. Uh, you know, yeah. we'll, mm-hmm. we'll, watch, we'll watch a bit of everything. And if we like something that isn't horrible, we'll accept that. No one else does that. And horror is a big victim of that. And this is a big, you know, big show of it. Like, oh, I liked it. No, it's not a horror film. Yeah, no, it's a thriller. It's like people who only read nonfiction, right? Who just don't want to read fiction. So, like, well, yeah. you're shutting yourself off to stuff that would improve your way of thinking, would open up new ideas to you, and you know this whole this whole idea that you can't watch horror because it's just made to scare teens. It's like, yeah, no, that's not what it is. You've completely <laughs> misinterpreted what it is. And so yeah. I would say that, um, although for those people, do you think It is the film that's going to change them? Do you think I, It is I the hope one? so. It's, it's horror enough to, I think, have people go, oh, okay, yeah, it was horror. Or at least maybe, maybe not admit that they liked the horror film, but maybe try something else. Mm. Maybe fill the seats in a couple of weeks for Jigsaw. <laughs> you know? Mm. I I take honest, personally as a fan of Saw, I would take half the people that went, okay, I don't really like horror, but I liked it. Let's go and see this. If you know, if half yeah. the people that done it went to see Jigsaw, I'd be happy with that because maybe they won't all like it, but at least they would have given it a fucking chance. Oh, I just wouldn't go and see Jigsaw unless I had to. I'm going to see Jigsaw. I'll see it fucking twice just to make sure that I get my money. Okay, fair enough, yeah. I've sat through all of the Saw films once that's enough for me. Oh, no, once once a year at least. Yeah, that's fine. One to to seven. I've already done one to seven this year and really enjoyed it. Yeah. I would say yeah. I'm more more of a conjuring sort of guy. I liked conjuring. I liked conjuring too. Didn't like Annabelle at all. That was just fucking dog shit. But Annabelle creation was good. Um, yeah, I mean we've spoken about this before. I still haven't seen any the James Waniverse. Yeah, uh, any of it, and which is a real shame for me. I'm very aware of that. <laughs> but then, like, we're talking about horror, and again, we're just talking about completely different types of horror. You know, yeah, and. Um, uh, I'm not but even I'm really, sure where the it thing fits. Is, I don't think it has the, to fit. No, I don't think it does. I think it's his, it's its own thing. Mm-hmm. It's so confusing to talk about. It's a bloody film. It, yeah. it needs to be called something else. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, it, it, it is completely its own thing. Yeah. And that's okay. And I think that's what's made it the success that it is. Well, I was going to say, in terms of the, the stuff that's made it the success that it is, the components, I guess, if, if you want a, a word for it. But like the director, Andy Muschietti, um, I 
will hold my hands up and say, I didn't know who he was. I had to check his IMDb to see who he was. And then I went, oh, he's the mama guy, uh, which I haven't seen. I I know a lot of people didn't like mama. I really kind of did. Uh, it It's one of those films, and I, I kind of hope you know what I mean when I say this. It's a produced by film. Yeah. It's one of those films that the guy that made it, no one's fucking heard of, but it's got a really famous guy as a producer on it. Mm-hmm. So for Mama it was, or Mama, it was uh, Guillermo del Toro. Mm-hmm. But it's a bit like, you know, Wes Craven's Wishmaster. <laughs> you know, yeah. Eli Roth's Clown. Mm-hmm. You know, it's stuff like that. It, It's not shit. It's a, it's a hokey ghost story. I kind of liked it. Yeah. It was a bit of fun. Yeah. Uh, I think it probably suffered from having the dude that plays Jamie Lannister in it, and it basically he was stunt casted in, so it could get the Game of Thrones crowd in. Uh, that's a shame. Which uh, they did that to horror. Well, they did that to a lot of films, a lot yeah. of horror especially. But I think in with it, he he really used his budget like phenomenally well. Um, there were special effects. Obviously, there were lots of special effects, but. Uh, I think they were used sparingly. There were lots of practical effects that I could see. Lots of just tricks yeah. of the camera, really. You know, lots yeah. of cutaways and cut back, and it's it's that kind of effect, as opposed to um, just generic CG monster ripping apart children kind of thing. Um, yeah. Particularly, I was worried about it getting to the point where he turns into a giant spider monster. Um, because that is the most <laughs> ridiculous thing. No, why didn't anybody stop Stephen King? Anyway, but like it is terribly shit in the TV movie. Oh, as well. it's so shit! Like it, it goes from being kind of a really, a really cool little horror film because it's all practical stuff. It's a dude in a clown suit. Yeah. You, there's, there's literally nothing about this film that requires CG, and then you get this awful. Clash of the Titans esque yeah. spider, that just <laughs> yeah, and it is fucking ghastly. And I was really worried about what would happen in um, this new version of it uh, when it got to the end. And I was really glad that we didn't get a giant spider monster yet, yet, but hopefully never. <laughs> I mean, the, because the, we, the fact this that is it, chapter one after all. That's true. Yeah, but I think the fact that it that it looks like Pennywise the dancing clown is explained yeah. fairly well. I mean, that's fairly obvious. There's a poster on the wall and it's obviously just used that as an image that makes him think he appears more, I don't know, approachable to kids or, you know. Yeah, he's, if I remember it rightly, the, the thing with it is that it is supposed to be the manifestation of your worst fear. Yeah. And I think the thing with Pennywise the clown is, and maybe this this isn't made particularly what the monster does, but how it's written mm-hmm. is that clowns, for the most part, have this inherently creepy thing about them. Mm-hmm. A lot of people find them creepy, whether or not they'll admit it out loud, mm-hmm. you know. And so to have a clown as its original manifestation is kind of a here's your this is our starting position. And we're just going to crank it up from here. Mm-hmm. So, well, but, oh yeah, I've just finished. Like, as a side note, I've just finished watching um, the new series of BoJack Horseman that's been added. Okay, yeah, and in that they have clone dentists. One of the side story is um, Aaron Paul's character creates a series of one of his business ideas is to create clone dentists. Trains, ugh. yeah, trains some dentists to become clones and try train some clones to become dentists. Um, Okay. Yeah. See, that's that's creepy. But that's like he doesn't realise it's creepy. He thinks it's helpful, but you know, it's it's for like clones. And but stuff. imagine that it's like the two worst things. Yeah, well, yeah. Like really creepy the, clowns and dentists. That's the that's the joke basically. <laughs> but um, as a, another side note to that new series, BoJack Horseman, very disappointing. I thought overall, mostly I've, a lot of rubbish. I've not watched any of BoJack Horseman. Yeah. Like, at all. Well. It's great. The, the animated adult stars. comedy thing doesn't doesn't ring well with me. No. Particularly, I you know I've watched the occasional episode of Archer and find it funny, but after two or three episodes, it's worn thin. Oh uh, well, that's a shame. Uh, but the South South Park does the same for me. I watch 
two or three episodes of South Park and I find it really funny. Yeah. Four episodes in and I'm starting to get annoyed at it. <laughs> uh, which is a real shame because I really want to watch all of them because I've never watched all of South Park. But I'm so far, you know, what, we 20 years mm. in now. I, I spend the rest of my life trying to catch up with that. Yeah. I don't think I'll Pick and choose, pick and choose is what I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. But um, what were we talking about? So, yeah, clones are scary. Big giant yeah. spider monsters are not scary. Are not. No, they <laughs> are not scary. Um, and the fact that they avoided that at the end. And, you know, the whole thing about the um, circus that came to town in the 1800s or something. Yeah. And burned to the ground and killed 100 and something people, loads of kids. See, yeah. that is great mythology. And I think the way that it's written into the story by Chase Palmer and Carrie Fukunaga. Yeah. Carrie Fukunaga. Yes. Gosh, yes, yeah. Fukunaga, the guy that done True Detective. Yeah, True Detective. And he did Beasts of No Nation. And he's yeah. done Yeah, Sinombre. Um, very talented. Because he, he was set to direct that originally, wasn't he? Was he? Is that right? Yes, he was supposed to direct it originally. Oh. I was really quite looking forward to that because I, I like him as a director, even though he hasn't done any horror. Uh, yeah. I I was really quite looking forward to it. I, that, that's not to take away anything from the guy that did make it. I thought he'd done a fucking mm. amazing job. Well, I mean, I've liked um, Beast of No Nation. Didn't really like True, uh, whatever it was, True Detective. But yeah. like, that was just the Woody Harrelson thing. Just Woody Harrelson and Fair Matthew enough. McConaughey together. It's a bit of a turn off. <laughs> um, but... Uh, yeah, no, but, you know, I think that the way they crafted this narrative was very good. It felt different, and that was the, yeah. the, the key thing, really. It was, it, was, it was different enough from the, 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 the previous version um, to feel warranted, you know, like they yeah. haven't just made a scene-for-scene scene copy, which they couldn't because the other one was a TV movie anyway. You know, yeah. it was made for TV. It had goofy montages all over the place, and it... at, at this at this point, you know, Warner wouldn't wouldn't ever commission a three and a bit hour long horror film. No, although they you kind know. of are by breaking it into two. Yeah, but again, we are you know like the conversation we had earlier. You could get to the end of this one if this flopped yeah. completely. If this failed miserably and Warner went, well, we're not making another one. Yeah. You've got your horror film. You've got your conclusion. Mm. You don't need to carry on. Obviously, they're going to, yeah. and I can't wait for them to. But, you know, if, if we would be at a point where if they decided that we're not going to make it, it's just not financially viable. That's not going to happen now. Mm. But, you know, you would be able to go, okay, I, okay I'm not going to see part two, but. Yeah, I've got my film. I've got my horror movie. Yeah, it's, but it's like, it's because it's a proper film this time. You yeah. Know, it's, in all intents and purposes, it's designed to be taken as a whole, whereas the previous one was just kind of choppy. And I, I, I would describe the original It as a playground horror, by which I mean it's the kind of film kids talked about in the playground. They'd freak each other out with stories about it. Or yeah. another one, I guess... Uh, Child's Play was similar. I remember people talking about Child's Play being really scary, and it's not really scary, but it's it's, no, it's that it's that that because I guess the child protagonists are kind of relatable and it makes it somewhere more scary because it's yeah, so it, people yeah when you get when it, like mid eighties for Child's Play and you know ninety for for mm -hmm. it, you kind of when you're talking about it in the playground like they're new films and. Yeah, you can make them scary because you are the little kid that is being chased around by a scary clown or a serial killing doll that's come to life. Yeah. <laughs> With voodoo. Because that definitely happened, yeah. yeah. Oh, and good old Charles play. Right. <laughs> um, okay, <laughs> we, we, we have just talked about the, the runtime a little bit. And I know that it's been a bit of a bone, bone of contention for some other people because this is two hours, 15 minutes. And it's part it's one. long. It's long, isn't it? it it's long. Uh, I I remember you saying something very similar about the Conjuring Two. Yes, very long as well. Mm -hmm. uh, the biggest problem, and that is my, I don't have any problem with it apart from the runtime. Mm -hmm. By the time you get to, we're spoiling things, aren't we? Yeah. So by the time you get to the house, yeah, and you're going through the house, and you've got you know rooms filled with clowns and 
rooms with crazy painting ladies on and, and all that kind and of the shit. Broken arm. The broken arm. <laughs> yeah. I'm not scared anymore. Okay. No. I'm not scared anyway. But you know, all semblance of tension and scares, even for your general audience, they're gone. Mm-hmm. You can't keep that up for two and a quarter hours. You know, with the best will in the world, the best horror makers can't keep that up for two and a quarter hours. It's just too long. Once you've shredded your audience's nerves completely, there's nothing left to make them jump. Yeah. And that's my only problem with it. For a horror film, when you get to the end where all the good scares should be coming, they're not there anymore. Not because the, the, the quality of the film has gone down mm-hmm. or the quality of the actual scares themselves has gone down, but they're not scary anymore because I've seen them all twice. I would also say I don't think that the film as a whole is particularly scary. The fucking thing coming out of the picture made me push back in my chair a bit. Um, I don't know whether the, it's uh, just a, a personal thing, right? I'm sure to some people it's it's scary. I found it creepy. I liked the the like I said at the beginning with um uh, with Pennywise in the drain. I thought it was done very it. well. I loved that in the drain. I didn't find that scary at all. I I just I is it possible to fall in love with a serial killing clown? <laughs> I would. I don't see why not. I I, may, I maybe did. Yeah. I just I thought he was so good, and I just I thought that's the perfect introduction to a a bad guy. Yeah. Not just that bad guy, but any bad guy. And maybe like the perfect introduction to him. Mm. But and the thing with horror films is different things scare different people. And we, we said this a dozen times. that I can sit and watch the most horrifically nasty horror films and never be phased. Mm-hmm. Have something jump out of the dark at me and I'll shit a brick <laughs> and run. Yeah. Uh, and the thing, it only happened the once in the film. And there is a, a fair amount of things coming out of shadows in this film because it's typical date night horror movie fair that's what they do but the first time when the the thing comes off the picture and comes at him from the shadows that creeped me out a lot <laughs> okay after that when you saw it two more times it didn't bother me in the slightest but the first time i saw it i was like oh fucking hell please get away from me <laughs> but it follows done the same thing to me that it follows didn't make me jump once Except when the really obvious bit, they open a door and the thing comes out. Yeah, them from yeah, the dark. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That got everyone. I hope it was a yeah. Delivery. But that's that's they're, they're the bits that get me every time. Mm. Uh, but I also I kind of I'm quite proud of the fact that I watch as many horror films as I do, and there's still things that can make me jump. I'm just that guy. I'm quite happy to be scared. It's why I like watching. Yeah. Them. There's um there was a couple of tweets that were from Barbara Crampton. Do you know Barbara Crampton? Oh yeah, you must do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are still here, of course. She was. Yeah, she was in. The, she was the videotaping Beyond the Gates. Beyond the Gates. Yeah, obviously she was also most famously from Reanimator, and she was in From Beyond, yeah. which I've talked about to death. Um, on here, she was also in Your Next. Anyway, that Barbara is, Crampton, yeah. uh, horror yeah. icon. The Barbara Crampton. Yeah, she uh said in a couple of tweets um. The other day, worth noting that hardcore horror fans may not be scared by it, but my 16 year old and his friends were terrified. It's a great film. I don't need you to top other films in scaring me. Tell me a good story with emotional stakes, good acting slash visual atmosphere, and I'm in. Perfect. That sums it up, really. Yeah. You know, if you can scare me, it's a bonus. It's why I. It's why I paid for the ticket. Exactly. And it doesn't need to be more scary than the last horror film that you saw. It just needs no. to be good. And But, yeah, we were talking about this when we were talking about the Fright Fest stuff a couple of weeks ago. Mike and I both sat there. We spent a, an inordinate amount of time at Fright Fest laughing. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> I don't think a single scary film actually was put on the screen, but there was a lot of good laughs. Yeah. Every single one of those films was still a horror movie, and they were mostly... Still great. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't need to jump out of my chair and brown my pants every time I watch a film. Just give me a good film. Yeah. And I would say that this is a good film. And yeah, it's, you know what, mate? When, when I get to the end of the year and I'm trying to figure out my top 10, it's going to be tough. Mm. I've seen a lot of really good films this year and a lot of ones have jumped. Like Atomic Blonde did it. This has done it. Films that I expected to like but wasn't expecting them to be as good as they were. And this blew me away. 
absolutely blew me away. I was so impressed. I can't believe a film this good. I can't believe a horror film is this good and is doing this well. Well, you know, that seems like a mainstream horror film. Yeah. I should clarify because I've seen a lot of really good horror films. <laughs> well, I think that seems like a good opportunity for us to end the podcast. Um, so let's just say thank you very much for people who have downloaded and listened to this It special. Uh, thank you very much, Brooker, for joining us and providing all the actual knowledge on this one. <laughs> thank you for uh, indulging me and wanting to talk about it because I... Any other time, if you'd have gone, nah, maybe we'll take the week off, I'd have gone, all right. <laughs> I was like, no, I want to talk about this. It's fucking yeah. great. And it was a good job. I've had a, a, a good chat and didn't realise how much I had to say about it either until we started talking. So it's always good. <laughs> the Failed Critics Podcast is presented by Steve Norman and Owen Hughes with contributions from different guests every week with original music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com from the track The Bandit remixed by James Yule who you can find at jamesyule.com You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Failed Critics on iTunes and all good podcast apps or you can check us out at failedcritics.com If you enjoyed this episode please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave a rating or a review and why not check out our sister podcasts Character Unlock and Bill the Mullinger's Underground Nights from the Failed Media Network of Podcasts Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.